Hello and welcome to the Filmmaking Stuff Podcast, where you'll get insider tactics on how to make, market, and sell your movie without the middleman. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your host, LA-based motion picture executive, Jason Brubaker. You know, I started filmmaking stuff back in 2008. That's when I got the idea for it. It was after the economic collapse. Uh, I couldn't find a job to save my life. Um, That's not necessarily true. There was one time where I went, I I legit applied for a job where I could sell cardboard boxes. That was probably the low of the low. And, And obviously, if you remember 2008, that was after the economic collapse. I'd had a really good, you know, lucrative job and I lost it. Uh, and then I was just really struggling. But what had happened before I lost that job was I had gotten together with some friends and we made this silly zombie movie and that zombie movie went viral. We had a whole bunch of distribution offers on the table. We didn't take any of those offers because they all sucked. Uh, I started blogging about the experience. Then we put the film on Amazon and I started driving traffic to Amazon and we started making, you know, not... I wasn't buying a Ferrari, but we were doing we were doing some okay numbers sometimes. But see, back then, the idea of self-distribution was sort of like almost a stain on your ability to be a filmmaker. It wasn't something that people bragged about. If you were self-distributing way back then, it meant that you were doing something wrong. But I didn't see it that way. What I saw was there were a bunch of terrible distribution deals on the table, and we had a whole bunch of really you know, free traffic coming to our movie website, why wouldn't I just put a big buy now button on the movie website? It still took us like seven months to finally get all the producers to agree that that was a lucrative and good idea um, because we didn't want, you know, we just didn't want Hollywood to think of us as amateurs. Well, look, when we started making some money with the film, then I could care less what other people thought about it. We actually had a business. So I started blogging about that on Filmmaking Stuff. Um, One of my first articles was the future of self-distribution, right? And through the years, I talked a lot about entrepreneurial filmmaking. This idea that you could, you know, make a film and put it on Amazon, that was a revolutionary thing. And now when I talk about self-distribution, you almost think like, well, why wouldn't you self-distribute? Aren't all the film distributors like terrible? They're not, by the way, and we'll talk about that in a later podcast. But, but my main point of talking to you is through the years, paradoxically, what happened was I became pretty well known in the film distribution circles. I got hired for some consulting gigs. I got hired for some full-time jobs. Uh, my last role, I was like a VP of a distribution company, and I was, you know, I, I, I was managing some folks and really just being in a leadership role, making decisions, um, and I learned a lot, and it was a lot of fun. But around you know a year, year and a half ago, I started talking to my wife, and I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm, I don't know if this is a midlife crisis or what. And again, I'm being fully transparent with you. I'm sharing this with you because if you're not going through this sort of thing now, you might be in the future, and maybe this will help you. Um, but I was going through. Let, let me just be frank. I was in a dark place, and I know it's almost like silly to say because you know there's so many nice things in life. I got a roof over my head. I got a wife who loves me. We got food on the table. All that stuff is well and good, but there was that inner challenging, that that voice in my head that was just challenging me to do more, be more, and serve more people. And I came to the conclusion that if I didn't make a dramatic change, you know, 10 years from now, it would be too late. So uh, suffice it to say, my wife and I put together a plan for me to go full-time entrepreneur. And so for the past few months, I'm 
have been without a job by my choice. I, I left a very lucrative role, uh, a very decent salary. You know, I left that stuff so that I could, frankly, help you more with your filmmaking. But on the same token, I want to do more of my own film projects too. So this is my dream and what I've been wanting to do for a long time. And I just got caught up being an employee with all these distribution companies. And don't get me wrong, that experience is phenomenal. I'm so happy to know the distribution landscape inside and out because I still believe that that knowing that stuff, if you know distribution, you can write your own ticket, which you know, and I guess in some sense, I just decided to take my own advice. Like, what tickets can I write for myself? And through the years, I met a bunch of film financiers. I've been a much, you know, met a bunch of producers and, and directors and other screenwriters and you name it. But bottom line is I wasn't being authentic with myself. You know, I was I was I was I was in a job that was comfortable, but I wasn't, ex- you know, you just get to the point where you just want to be doing something a little bit more. Uh, exciting and a little bit more invigorating. And anyway, long story short, if you've ever felt that way, which you probably do, because you're probably thinking about your next film that you're going to make, and you probably have to go to a job every day. I, I just want I want to give you some success tactics right now that I think might help you if you have a little bit of that entrepreneur spirit in you. And, and most filmmakers do. Um, so number one, if you decide that you're going to leave your job, keep in mind that you have obligations. You might have a lot of mouths to feed. You might have a lot of debt. You might have a lot of bills. Those are obligations. And you can't just quit your job and say, I'm going to go make movies tomorrow. That that would be silly. What you got to do first and foremost, if you're in debt, if you're in debt, that has to be the overarching goal is to get yourself out of debt because debt will kill your dreams dead. Debt makes you, you know, there's, there's a thing, um, um, not, to, not to get all biblical, but sometimes I like um, Bible stories. Uh, and there's one, and I'm gonna I'm gonna massively paraphrase this and say it the wrong way, um, but it's something that along the lines of you know if you're in debt, you're a slave to the lender. And I always thought about that that you know anytime that you're in debt, there's somebody else that that's really just holding the strings, right, and controlling you, and that sucks because now you got to go to work uh, to not only fulfill your family obligations, but you still got to fulfill those debt obligations. So make a plan to get out of debt. And the only way that you can do that is you got to check your spending trends. Where's all your money going each month? You know, how do you figure that out? Well, in both those cases, figuring out how much debt you owe and where you're spending all your money, I would highly recommend you sign up for some software. It's called mint.com, M-I-N-T, like you're minting money, but mint.com. And what that'll allow you to do is you can set up all your bank accounts. And, and I don't know those guys. Do your own due diligence. I'm not a financial advisor. I'm only sharing what I've done. And what I did is I signed up at mint.com, put all my bank accounts in there. Then I was able to see how I was spending all of my money. I was able to see what kind of debt I had, um, which we, you know, we're the type that will use a credit card for the free airline miles and then we'll pay it off each month um, consistently. But some people can't do that. If you, if you can't do that, get the heck out of debt. Uh, but so you, so you sign up for mint.com, you look at the debt that you have, you look at your spending trends. And the next thing that mint does that makes it really easy is it'll take your spending trends and it'll create budgets for you. And in our case, we found out in some months we were, we were, we were, um, my wife and I, you know, going out to dinner, it was over like five or $600 a month. And some months it was even more than that, just dining out. Now keep in mind, we live in Los Angeles and I'm in an arena where you know everybody wants to meet for a happy hour or dinner or what have you. So it's not uncommon in the city to go out and spend a lot of money eating out. But I couldn't help but look at that number and think, man, what else could we be doing? 
So in our case, we took those numbers and we started shaving it off and we decided to create a budget. And my wife and I made decided to create a budget based on the assumption that if I'm going to be an entrepreneur, I can't really think about the salary that I was still making. Now, again, we started doing this months and months and months before I quit the job. Um, but what we did with that budget is we just decided to live on less than we were making. And we did that pretty consistently for at least six months. And then what we did with the excess is we uh, took the excess money and we just saved as much of it as we could. And I would highly recommend the other thing that you're going to do if you're going to make a bold choice is to save as much money as you can. If you can get six months, that's great. If you can get an entire year of savings, I know that sounds outrageous. It might take you two years to get there. But if you can cut your expenses and save the excess and then maybe do some side hustle jobs on the weekends to get more money, what that's going to do is like it's going to give you options in life. And so my option was, hey, I'm going to go pursue entrepreneurship. I'm going to build up uh, filmmaking stuff uh, into the media company that it's always wanted to be. That's going to be one of my my goals. But importantly, I'm going to go out to all of these like you know financier contacts that I have, all of my screenwriter friends, um, and I'm going to start putting together these projects, and and really just get this moving. And and when I say like different financiers and stuff, I'm not just talking about like you know, my rich uncle or something. I don't have a rich uncle, but people say that and whatever. My rich uncle is like a thing that people say, but, but my, I'm not, I'm not just talking people like that. I'm just talking people that I've met through the years, um, you know, where I can call them up and say, Hey, you know, what are you working on? Let's, let's see if there's something we can collaborate on. And I've been able to do that over the past few weeks, uh, quite successfully, you know, so now there's some projects that are sort of like, I wouldn't quite call them in the works, but I would say that I'm pushing a few things. That said, though, I want to I want to bring this back to you. So, so the main thing is, you know, it's financial first and foremost. What's your goal? How much money do you need to live on? And then the other thing is, what's your exit strategy? Like, at what point do you decide that you're moving in a positive direction towards your goals, and and you can keep going in that direction? Or at what point do you decide that hey, this just isn't for me, and I got to go back and find another job? In my case. You know, I've been through a few cycles of this since since I just since I started my career, where I was a freelancer slash full time employee, and I spoke about that at the beginning. I don't I don't necessarily want to go back to a job unless it's like super lucrative or one of the major studios, you know. And and even then, I'm going to have to make sure it's the right thing. But my main goal right now is waking up each morning, going through my morning routine, and continually asking. How can I help enough other people get what they want? And I've talked about this in past podcasts, but I I 100% fully believe uh, in the words of Zig Ziglar. um, He was like this famed sales guy, motivational speaker. Zig Ziglar always said, you can have anything you want in life as long as you help enough other people get what they want. So you can have anything you want in life as long as you can help enough other people get what they want. So I will turn that to you um, and sort of like to close out our conversation. My ongoing goal is to share insider filmmaking tactics, you know, stuff that's actually working that's not based on theory so that you can take the stuff that I'm learning and and maybe frankly, you can avoid some of my mistakes uh, so you can accelerate your success and level up your career. Um, I'd love to hear from you. 
And if you're inclined, I've started a new membership with Tom Malloy. It's called Filmmaking Stuff HQ. My buddy Tom Malloy has raised over $25 million to produce his films. Uh, and together, we've put together um, some really nice and robust, straight to the point, no fluff uh, filmmaking tactics so that you can learn you know, stuff that actually works uh, that Tom's been able to use and stuff that I've been able to use uh, in a membership setting. And as part of that too, we have a private Facebook group where you can collaborate with other serious filmmaking professionals. If you want to find out more about that, head on over to filmmakingstuffhq.com. And as always, it's so great to be able to share this filmmaking information with you. I'll be sharing some more success tactics soon. Thank you for listening. This has been another episode of the Filmmaking Stuff podcast with Jason Brubaker. If you like our show and want to get more filmmaking info, make sure you check out filmmakingstuff.com and join us every week for new filmmaking tactics. Until next time, take action and make your movie now.